This is The Baseline, discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. Welcome, everybody. You're tuned to The Baseline. Cali, Warren Shaw, Jabari Davis, discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. And as we are recording, we are less than three days away from NBA tip-off. That is correct. The madness begin. Let the madness begin. Hail to my people's Helter Skelter, man. They were they were predicting this long time, man. They said in 2021, our song, our anthem, is going to be the platform, the pogo stick to the conversations about how crazy this NBA season is going to be. So without question, without affirmation, without doubt, I got to roll out the red carpet to my peoples. www.shawsports.net, Big Kahuna PNC, my man, Mr. Warren Shaw. Out, repping out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and my brother, my man, Mr. Jabari Davis, railing, hailing out of there in Tucson, Arizona. What's good, fellas, man? It's amplified. It's ready to pop off. NBA season, baby. I know y'all are hype. I see what you did right there. You know, amplifying voices together out here with 19 Media Group. Uh, so <laughs> excited to be here. My guys, it's, it's, it's amazing that we are, you know, it's here. The NBA season is upon us and the baseline just got so much dope content. We got a bunch of people rocking with us. It's just going to be an amazing, amazing season for us. So I'm excited, brother. JD, tell us how you feeling, fam. Man, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I can't wait for the start of this season. Of course, I'm I'm excited to be rocking with you brothers again. You know, like on this fine Saturday. But no, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm really excited for this up you know, season that's upcoming. I'm really excited for this upcoming Twitter Spaces that we have coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, man. Listen, um, we have so many things stirring around in the pot. So please, you know, don't get dizzy <laughs> from from seeing all of the movement that's happening, man. Like like they tell you when they when they when they when they train and you know when you're out there and you're 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 practicing, they're like, pay attention to the waist, pay attention to the waist, and everything else can move, but the waist got to go with it. Pay attention to the waist. So we wasted no time in getting everything ready for you guys to be along with the ride that we've got laid out for you uh, being part of the Baseline NBA podcast. And as always, we appreciate you and yours for hopping on board with us. Uh, be sure to get my man Shaw at Shaw Sports NBA. Get at me at Game Face Lee and my man Jabari at Jabari Davis NBA. The show's Twitter handle at NBA Baseline. You know where to find us. We are on all the major platforms. So don't be talking about how you don't know where to find a baseline. You know where to go. Find that little search queue. Put that name baseline in there and you'll see that logo pop up very loudly for you guys to add us onto your playlist and allow us to be your go-to resource discussing all things happening in the association. To catch out, catch on this episode and previous episodes, be sure to go to www.thebaselinemba.com. That is our home. That's where you'll find all of our shows stationed at. So we encourage you guys head over there take a listen to some shows and we also encourage you guys to drop some comments and thoughts hey we're not afraid of opinions so whether you love us or you hate us you know what i'm saying if you if you're in your uh your game feels by all means let us know how you really really feel about what's going on and how we're presenting the topics for you guys uh, to take heed to as always you know that the baseline is rolling with the 19 media group the family that be running these content streets go to www.the19mediagroup Com, where you can catch our show and the family of shows that 19 Media Group rolls out, man. We have got a plethora of great, exciting content uh, covering all gambits of your cultural listening fields. So please don't waste any time. Make sure that you head over there after you finish, finish, finishing listening to this show 
to get your fix for everything you need to know that's going on out there in the streets. All right, so we got a great show ahead of you guys. Obviously, we are getting you amped up, getting you ready for the upcoming NBA season. We got a lot to get into as far as news and notes go, but this is a first you know, we like to drop exclusives, and we're hoping that this is going to be part of the staple of segments that we give to you guys at the baseline. We got mailbag time, man. Our man Jabari, our man Shaw, went reaching out there in the, the, the Twitter space, in the social media space, and said, you the listeners, talk to us. Let us know what you want us to talk to you guys about. You throw the questions, and we'll provide you with the answers. So we got mailbag happening later on in the show, but as always, we got to get into the digs regarding the news and notes happening in the association. So, obviously, the first topic of conversation that needs to get dropped, Ben Simmons. Right. We, we really, really tried hard, y'all, to stay away from this being a, co- a topic of conversation to be had. But clearly, y'all don't, 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 don't think that there's enough Ben Simmons talk that needs to be done yet. So, we got to talk Ben Simmons, right? Word is Ben Simmons is planning to return to the Sixers. The bigger talk, however, is about... The way things have played out in the fact that team officials are actually discussing about possible plans to impose penalties and fines for players who are using the media or who are are publicly outright demanding for trades in the throes of a contract. I don't know where my boys are at with this, but I will tell you (laughs) that if we have come to this point now where we need to start imposing penalties, obviously people feeling a little bit sour about what went down with Ben Simmons and the Sixers organization. That's actually where I'd love to start with it more than anything else. You know I mean? The Simmons conversation is it, what is, it is what it is. You know, he's back. Cool, cool, cool. But the fact now that some owners or some executives are like, Hey, well, you know what we might try to do now (laughs) as a result of this is try to find a way to uh, penalize them for, for being vocal or, or voicing their, their displeasure and wanting out. It's, I understand, and I think we've discussed this on our show, that maybe, just maybe, player empowerment has gone a wee bit over. Maybe just maybe just a slight bit. But now these folks now want to now overcorrect and try to do something that has no shot in the hell of ever happening. J.D., what are your thoughts on this when you saw this thing come out there on Twitter, bro? Look, I'm going to be honest with you. This is actually kind of along the lines of something that I suggested. Now, here's the thing. I'm in favor of player empowerment. But what, what we've written... What we oftentimes are discussing when we're, you know, when when that subject gets, you know, gets brought up, isn't necessarily player empowerment. It's it it sometimes is a guy that just signed a contract extension that decided he wanted to leave. If you've been with an organization, like so, like to be clear, I'm in favor of guys being able to move. I'm in favor of guys having agency. But if it's just a matter of okay, I signed this, I signed the five year deal, and in that 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 very next off season, I'm deciding to go. I actually think this is something that should be up for conversation. And it should be up for discussion, not necessarily through the media, but in particular with that next CBA, I think it's something that they're absolutely going to address. You know how, like, for instance, like uh, when when guys have it worked into their contract that they get trade kickers. So they get like an extra 15 or 25 percent or whatever the case may be if, in the event that they're traded. I think if you're publicly asking for a trade after signing a deal. There should be something on the other side of that in order to be able to kick in. Like you're not going to be able to void your contract altogether, but I think I think it is natural. I think it is a natural conversation. I think it's something that they're going to have to address. I absolutely think that this is something that needs to be addressed, and I don't want to sound like you know I'm part of some sort of like communistic like uh, you know approach in, in in the way that I'm I'm going to word this, but 
I'm also all for, you know, player empowerment. But what I am not for is the recklessness that takes place simply because you can use that word trade as a trigger word, trigger word that causes, you know, ramifications that can and damage that cannot be undone. Okay. And I mean that on both sides. So while the focus is more so about these team officials saying, hey, maybe we should start imposing penalties, I, I think the, the onus also should be twofold. I, I think that whenever you have general managers, and we know that there are general managers and executives who coyly like to mess around with that idea that the player is disgruntled or that the player, you know, probably who doesn't want to be here anymore, you know, to use that as a means to bolster up his his value or use it as a means to diminish the value and so you can move him somewhere that you you know he doesn't want to go to whatever they all of that other type of stuff to me I feel like is more the penny the pettiness of it but the people that get hurt the most by what's going on is the city and the people that support these organizations and teams and probably even the the the, the people that support the players and I think that there needs to be more responsibility on both sides the one person who I don't see getting talked about this in most cases is the agents who are advocating for the players who use this as a vehicle for them to help kind of move the needle sometimes. And I think using the media as a um, as a dupe, as a ploy in order to project that, I think is exactly what hurts the circumstance and the situation. So I think it just needs to be looked at completely and holistically. I think that especially with, when you have athletes who know that they signed that contract and just feel free, whatever, because the, the organization is really at the behest of the player now, that they can just go ahead and use that terminology and wording so that fans could be against the organization or fans could be against that owner and things of that nature. It ain't like the NFL where the fans are loyal to the shield or to the game. Fans are actually loyal to the players. And I think times there are times where players and organizations are reckless in their approach when they're using this type of situation to kind of gain momentum on what they're trying to do as whatever their end game is supposed to be. Well, here's what I, where I'm at with it. I, I think you, you both make good points. I just, I'm trying to understand where and how the enforcement will take place because if that's what it is, it's just like how Ben Simmons came back. Oh, you're going to cut my checks? All right, come, I'll, I'll be here. But now I got, you know, I, I got a big toe injury. You know what I mean? I got an ingrown toenail, so I can't play. Like, there's all kind of BS. It's like, all right, I'll be around. I won't publicly say it. But you'll know just by kind of like common sense that I know they want to be here. I understand because of the James Harden situation last year where he came in overweight and he's him and Han and doing whatever he's doing at, you know, at the podium and all that. And now the Simmons situation, you know, in the very, very next season, I understand why we're here. I'm just trying to understand how, how we'll get there. And your point, Cal, is really interesting because do you hold now the player accountable for what the agent may say? Well, so... So let me quickly throw something out there, and, and you guys tell me if, if I'm off in, in thinking this, right? The government, we have, at least in, in general, right, there is expectations that whenever a certain branch does certain things, are they doing it right? Are they doing it for the good of the people, right? And you have what? Inspector generals. You have an independent, it's supposed to be an independent party who is overlooking certain things that are being done that has led to what is going on. I'm just saying that whenever there is a trade that does take place, or, or not trade that does take place, uh, a, an emphasis of someone wanting to be traded or someone who's looking to be traded, that if something like this is occurring and it's being played out, I think it's incumbent upon the NBA to step aside, not being affiliated to the owners, not being affiliated to the players, and arbitrarily look at 
are the things that are happening in line with the way that the NBA wants to be portrayed and how fans are going to be impacted when this actually happens? Like, is it a legitimate reason that the trade needs to happen, especially since someone like Ben Simmons or someone like James Harden signed this Supermax deal knowing that their intent is that they're supposed to stay there for the duration of the time frame? Now, I'm not saying at the end, hey, um, you know, you cannot finagle away around that but what i'm saying is is we ultimately don't find out the real reason for everything until after it happens until after someone loses out on this and i don't think that that's right especially since nobody chooses to follow the letter of the law in their con contractual negotiations and don't follow the letter of the law in the way that they're portraying the situation as it's being played out and the way that they're using the media to play out those narratives so I like where you're going with it. So let me kick it to Jabari and ask you this, JD. So what is your interpretation? Because it's a lot of things we talk about publicly versus privately. Ben Simmons could have privately told, you know, the general manager, Elton Brandon Morey and so forth. Hey, I, you know, I want to get up out of here. But now some team official says, yeah, you know, or Woj will tweet, you know, Simmons told the club privately that he'd mm -hmm. want to be traded. Now mm -hmm. it was public knowledge. So how do you maneuver a situation kind of like that? Because then could the team now come back and say, oh, well, he wanted to trade. Everybody knows he wants to be out of here now. All right, let's find him. Like, what's your interpretation of it? Yeah, I'm going to keep it real with you. I think it's all a matter of dirty pool to begin with. Um, I, like, I, I understand where we're going with this in terms of, like, how it should be. But I just don't think that's ever going to be the case. You know, like, like most recently, even after he checked back in or, you know, tried to check back in, there's leaks of there's continued leaks about his behavior surrounding the postseason. Those things aren't a coincidence. So the truth of the matter is this. Agents are you know, agents are going to do what do and say and act in the way that they feel is in the best interest of their client. That you know the, the player is usually is probably no, it's always going to and, and understandably going to you know act in his own self, his or her or whatever you know own self interest. The organization is doing the same. The unfortunate thing in this situation is the reason why this is all bo you know boiling over is because they honestly they didn't act when they should have and they waited too long and it just so happened that Ben Simmons ended up having the worst moment of his career most recently quite frankly this you know i, I like while yes there's blame to go around to everybody i think this is ultimately you know like this ultimately came to a head because they didn't act when they should have a couple years ago well i I'll, I'll agree with you to that extent um jabari i do also think though that the the philadelphia 76ers had numerous opportunities to say you know just do what do do what you really say is in your heart man like look you don't think that this relationship with you, uh, with Embiid and, and Simmons is going to work. Like, why are you still clinging on to this, man? It's it's kind of like, dude, like, this doesn't have to be like, you know, Kardashian and, and, and Kanye West. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't have kids together with this. You, there's nothing binding the fact that the, you got to playoffs, right? Like all teams, there just comes a point where, hey, the, the, the relationship just isn't working out. And you clearly see that the future of your franchise is more on Embiid than it is on Ben Simmons. So I think the more actually the Philadelphia 76ers continue to keep fighting this is the more that you're telling Joel Embiid that his value and his uh -huh. worth doesn't matter as much. And therefore, you're going to force him to make that decision to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I, I didn't give gave you my six, seven years. I'm good. Time for me to move on. I'm going to go to an organization that I know. When I say that somebody ain't vibing with me, somebody ain't rolling with my priorities about how I want to win, I don't want them on my team. You know what I'm saying? And they'll probably be like, you know what, Embiid? You're damn right. Deuces. You know what I'm saying? Deuces to you. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Simmons, Simmons pseudo. Like, that's what's going to happen. That's what's hey. going to happen.
I'm glad you brought that point up because, like, to be honest with you, this really just feels like a marriage that's over. Both sides, you know, they know it's time to walk away. And then at the last second, one party goes, well, hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, it wasn't really all that bad, but not even for the right reasons, not because they really want to get together, just because they need a softer landing spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, my, like my man's ready to get up out the house, but he doesn't necessarily have a, you know, you'll have an address to go to yet. So, so he's like, well, hold on, baby, please, baby, baby, please. I, that's what this feels like. And you know, and, and your point about Embiid, I'm glad you brought it up because while, yes, he's saying the right things, or at least it appears that he's saying the right things, he's going to be patient, he's going to be professional. And and, and at least while Ben is kind of in the building, he's not going to go out, he's not going to go out there and publicly lambast, you know, lambast him. Sooner or later, that patience wears thin. Sooner or later, it absolutely will. And some of these guys will start to react and will start to, you know, publicly comment or like, you know, maybe privately, but not so privately comment. And then you have a, a, an even bigger headache on your head. And quite frankly, Doc Rivers ain't the guy that I want in that in my boat, you know, stirring the boat, you know, driving the boat in those circumstances. So even taking it back to the, I guess, the original argument, so to speak, is there like Jabbar, I think you'd post it out like, hey, like how players have to trade kickers. So would it just be kind of that, like whatever that trade kicker is? So well, now you've, you know, you've asked for for a trade. So the percentage of that trade kicker now gets deducted from from your salary. Or like I said, I'm just really okay. interested in the in the dynamics and and the financial <laughs> aspect of how you actually execute such a situation as as what is being proposed. So here's one for you. I obviously there are much smarter people than than myself that can put these you'll know, put these figures together. But let, let me just throw it out there. So say for instance you're you have you just signed a four year extension, and all of a sudden the, at the start of that extension you say I want out of here. Well then you forfeit a third a, a third of your contracts gets you know, of your of your salary gets voided. That goes back in terms of, you know, so when they trade you that goes back in terms of relief to the team that just traded you and in the team that got you. You're, you're, you're still getting paid, but you're only getting paid. You're getting paid two thirds of what you would have been paid. Now, and will it will it be that simple and that easy? Of course not. These guys are going to have to negotiate that. But to be honest with you, I think specifically because of the you know like the you know I don't even want to call it the empowerment movement. It's specifically because of how the way that several stars have you know forced their way out over the last four to five years. I think it's going to be something like I said, and that's why I mentioned the CBA. The next time they come around to this, they're going to have to have, have that as a part of the conversation. Uh, and I think it's not even the Ben Simmons situation that's really driving this. You can go as far back as to the situation that happened with Anthony Davis. And, and look, that, you know, you have called out Anthony by his government name, Jabari, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when when he was a part of the New Orleans uh, New Orleans Pelicans, I'm sure that you personally felt like, hey, um, you know, as much as I want him on my team, I want him where it's not casting aspersions on a team like the Los Angeles Lakers who have been known to do whatever it takes in order to bring you know, the, the, the top notch stars to come play for that team. And you also don't want to see a small market team who obviously has been starving for some longevity success since Chris Paul to suddenly just be withered away because a player is just totally dissatisfied with the way that the organization is handled. Now, I'm not saying that this is a bailout for the organization. What I'm saying is, is that on both sides, there should be some level of accountability and everybody should like for everything that you do there's going to be a level of consequence good or bad and i think that players who just basically get their way in doing things the bad part about it is is that it hurts everybody else at the expense of them still getting theirs and i don't I, you know as much as i don't want to put that on a guy like anthony davis or i don't want to put that on a um on, on a guy like james harden no matter whether i like him or i hate him what i'm talking about is 
how do the how does the league how do the fans how does the, the the viability the markability of the game how does that hold up when things like this continually can, can uh, occur and everybody's just like oh well that's just kind of the way it is no it doesn't have to be that way and teams don't have to go through 10 years of suffrage simply because they knew that they signed they took that risk signing a player who had no intention of being there for the long haul you know what i'm saying like to me you got there has to be something that is going to help and 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 put relief on both sides of it so we can get past it because now this is a trick this is like it's sadding on it's a compound effect because now this is starting to become the trend and it's very very few instances unless to your point y'all we get to cba situations very few instances where they're going to stop full stop in the middle of it going on and saying we got to put a halt to this like we really cannot let this continue to go on until we start getting to a point where now this starts to turn visceral and as a vehicle between the players and the owners that they're going to use this as a as a tool for them to stall the whole season simply because of something that has been trending for the last five or six years well we continue to wait for certain guys to maybe go this route right and i think if that trend happens if dame or beal or some of those other big name guys come out here and start doing that stuff then this really may gain some more some more deeper level traction if you will one guy to keep in mind, though, for sure, obviously, is, you know, Mr. Brokefoot out there in New Orleans of Zion Williamson, who is not on an extension deal, right? So he's still on his rookie scale. And we've talked about it here a little bit as well, too, that Trey Young started to quietly put pressure on the Hawks, like in year two, about what was going on. Oh, would they potentially lose him? There's been some rumors, even in Dallas, about Luka in the first couple of years. But now that Carlisle's gone, maybe that's going to subside. But I'm just like wondering how far will it go? You know, will it even come to like rookie scale guys? And, you know, I mean, not always going to be stars. I remember a couple of years ago when Eric Bledsoe said, tweet that, I don't want to be here or whatever it was. You know what I mean? He wasn't a star player, but it caused like we were there all, we were all there for the discourse and it brings a whole lot of, you know, BS and drama around your team and your organization. So I think this is a very interesting topic. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out the mechanism in which how they could potentially get it done if they continue to pursue it. So let me just quickly throw something out there because it's funny. I and, and now I'm going to upset like the old heads. I see old heads talking about the NBA now, like saying like, oh, man, you know, like back in our day, this never happened. Well, because they didn't have the player agency that they have now. And, and to be honest with you, I would not like to go back to back in the day. But I will point out and this is you know, this is something after my own heart. Magic Johnson was like a second or third year player when he went into his organization's front office and said, hey, look, if uh, Paul Westhead is going to continue to be the coach here, I don't think that I'm going to be able to be playing here. And they got his ass up out of there. That's the reason why Pat Riley ended up you know, being the Showtime Lakers head coach. So I, what I'm saying is this is not necessarily it's, it's not when we say like it's something new. It's new because there are more opportunities for players to do it now. But this, you know, players having agency within an organization, especially if you're the star player, that that is something that has always been the case man this is well let's put it like this we need to definitely put a placeholder on this type of conversation i think it can be extensively discussed and and i would be i would be um remiss if we did not figure out a way to maybe involve additional people as part of the the, the those of the conversation an agent um someone in the executive office or something like that for us to really kind of have this because it's not a question about saying we're trying to mandate but what i do think needs to definitely happen is we need to make sure that this is being 
identified that it's being evenly discussed, where it's not just the focal point of saying, oh, you know, Ben Simmons, just because he used that word. Let's also keep in mind as well, too, that the Philadelphia 76ers put this plan in place called the process that also triggered a lot of the mentality that we see taking place for some of the younger players in the way that they handle themselves from a social media perspective. I'm not saying that they're outright at fault. What I'm saying is, is that there is some culpability on this as well, too. And this is part of the reason why, going back to my original point, that I think that there has to be an independent person looking at these things so that this can be documented and itemized. Like, this is how we got to this place. We, we're, we're using all of the media tropes, the social media tropes, as a mechanism for us to forward these conversations. And I, I think that that does a disservice when you're genuinely wanting to sit down at the table and saying, hey, this is something that's going to hurt the league moving forward. Like, this is something that is going to hurt the brand moving forward. If you're Adam Silver, I do think that at some point, you're going to need to actually address this. You're going to need to figure out a way to separate the league itself from the owners and from the players so that you can find an amicable way to make sure that both parties are responsibly handling the situation. This is The Baseline. Kyle Lee, Warren Shaw, Jabari Davis discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. Support for The Baseline is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BASELINE. And make sure you go to www.manscaped.com. When you put in that promo code, put BASELINE, you're showing love to the crew, but more importantly, you're showing love to you. Yeah, I got to be completely honest with you. When I got the package in the mail, it was like adult Christmas. You know, beyond the trimmer being easy to you know operate and clean, all the extra little features that it included were pretty incredible, all the way down to the leather carrying case. I, I have to admit as well, too, man, like to to me, um, this is a quality brand. And, and I think it also is a reflection of you as a man um, in, you know, when you are thinking about how do you pamper yourself? I mean, there's all kinds of products available for the female species. Right. But for the mm -hmm. male species, it tends to be like you just get like some razors and some clippers. And here, this is like the actual pack to make you feel like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, we, we, we deserve a little spa treatment ourselves as well too. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to anybody. I'm just saying it's good to acknowledge that it's just not your chest hairs that needs to be taken care of as well. Listen, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I was, I was just short of slicing up the cucumber slices to put on my eyes. That that's, that's how much of a male spa day this felt like. <laughs> y'all boys are the greatest i gotta tell you and I, i'm with you on the manscaped situation i'm just running around like manscaped baseline 20 percent off to anybody who will listen i think this joint is amazing uh telling my guy jd i love the fact that even in general that it's, it's it's waterproof so you can be in the shower doing what you need to do to take care of your things i appreciate manscaped for hooking up the baseline family absolutely so once again be sure to go to www.manscaped.com check out the array of different products that is being offered um and then and when you get, get ready to make your purchase because we know you will be sure to put baseline in so that you can get that 20 percent off and remember it is free worldwide shipping when you're using the code this is the baseline cali warren shaw jabari davis discussing the hot button topics of the nba continuing with our news and notes
All right. Again, this is another topic that we were trying to kind of stay off to the side of the road for. You know what I'm saying? Like, all that traffic is backing up, but everybody got to be talking about this this particular topic. We were just like, yo, man, let's just wait until the traffic subsides. But clearly, that is not the case. And we got enough people saying, yo, y'all got to talk on this, right? Y'all got to speak on this. So we're going to have to speak on it. And obviously, what we're talking about is regarding the the situation with Kyrie Irving and his stance that he is taking in reference to um, his, you know, his, I don't want to use the word defiance, but his proclamation that he is not planning to take the, the vaccine as of now. Um, and obviously the Brooklyn Nets as an organization, and as a team have said, hey, if you're not taking the vaccine, we understand, but you cannot be here, right? You, you cannot be playing um, and participating, practicing with the guys um, because you're only going to be available to us part of the time. That's not going to work. So, you know, we wish you well. Keep practicing. When you come around to it, we'll be here for you. All right. So I want to know, Shaw, like, what do we make of this situation regarding, you know, Kyrie Irving and his stance that he's taking? And obviously, too, that, you know, he had to make sure that that proclamation was made when he jumped on his Instagram live. Man, it's a little wild. You know, I'll give you all a personal story that none of you will care about. But, you know, I was in the middle of my manscaping and then all of a sudden I saw <laughs> a damn tweet about Kyrie Irving talking about and you and, and, you, and, and you and you almost took off and you almost took off, you know, one of one. You almost had you almost had a medical tragedy because of it. Right. <laughs> No, no. Thank, thankfully, Manscape is cool. You, you, you can lose your you can lose sense of where you're. Listen, at. he almost he almost made you question of whether or not it's flat or it's round, right? Yeah, I get it. Okay, true. All right. Well, Manscape, you know, they, they they keep it thorough, so I would have been all right no matter what. And I was like, damn. All right, cut off the lawnmower. Let me see what's going on here on IG Live. And you know, I, I clocked in. You know, he then he ended up having some technical issues, so I, I caught it like maybe midway through or whatever the case may be. Um, listen. You know, where I'm at on on this situation is like he is entitled like everybody to the opinions of like and whatever, whatever is motivating you. I think it's just a very fine line that we're at right now where he's trying to come off as like some sort of, you know, martyr activist or this voice that I don't think is super authentic. And just like how he's entitled to his, I'm entitled to mine. And it comes off. And I mean, it's I don't know what I was listening to, but it was it was it made me die laughing. It was like, oh, he's he's PTO Kai. You know, what I mean? he just he just wants to be off and get paid. And now the fact that, you know, they're not going to offer him a contract extension and stuff and stuff. And it's not about the money. I mean, he's got deals upon deals and there's a lot of philanthropic work and stuff like that as well, too. But he's confused. Like, that's a confused individual. And while I know he's you know, she's saying he's he's thinking with his third eye and the whole nine. I just. I can't get there on it, you know, and I think this is just the biggest distraction for the Brooklyn Nets who are obviously trying to be in a championship level season and, and, and get to get to glory that they haven't seen. Right. And for Kyrie to be this type of distraction around a public health, you know, pandemic is just it's it's certainly a choice. And I think that's the thing we have to recognize. This is Kyrie's choice. J.D., what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm sorry, but Charlie, you're, you're man, you were just being so nice. I. I... <laughs> You ought to be you ought to be his PR rep, man. Seriously. He's he's confused. Okay. <laughs> All right, drop JD, drop knowledge, bro. I'll come in afterwards. <laughs> I, I, I'm sick and tired of putting energy into this story. Look, because the truth of the matter is this. This has always felt like a situation where Kyrie's eventually gonna end this crusade and join his teammates, but at this stage, I don't even care. I straight up do not care. Do not care. But what who was that? What was the coach of the Steelers? 
do not care. That, that's how I feel about this. I'm tired of trying to decode cryptic and contradictory messaging. Uh, you know, look, there's few players out there as visually entertaining as Kyrie when he's at his best. And as much, you know, honestly, but much like the Nets, I'm ready to move on from this being the center of the conversation as we're heading into a season. I'm done with pseudo intellectual conversations. I'm tired of folks embracing the idea of being a contrarian simply for the sake of being a contrarian. I have no more time for straw man arguments. And I honestly, I don't give a shit about all of this stuff that we've continued to debate for the past year plus anymore. All right. Everybody knows the facts. Everybody knows what, you know, you know what the reality is. Everybody knows what we're facing. Yep. Anybody that's saying stuff like, oh man, I'm going to do my research. No, you're not. You're not doing any research. You haven't been doing it. You still ain't shot. doing it. <laughs> and, and quite frankly, if you don't want to get the shot by now, then don't get it. Suffer the consequences of your actions and let everybody else move on with life. Yeah. I, I, listen, man. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this. This isn't about Kyrie Irving being confused. There's no confusion in Kyrie Irving. It's it's us trying to placate him in a space where we are levying the fact that he's such an intellectual person. There's no doubt. He's intellectual. And his intellect is exactly the same cunningness that he's exuding right now. The, the, the biggest problem that I have with this, again, it, it, it exposes the contradiction of how social media's responsibility or lack thereof exposes this full-blown. I don't have a problem with you expressing your views. Where I have a problem with it is you are doing this on a platform that I don't think genuinely has always been the best place for you to really show your true intent of what argument you're trying to present to me. IG Live means nothing to me. You wanna have this conversation, you wanna really display that argument, do it in front of the, 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 the millions of doctors who are out there right now still doing that research. Have that kind of, do that in front of live television, challenging them who actually went to medical school, who actually are doing the, the, the necessary work to present an option, a viable option to keep us safe, right? Because that's who we lean on. So when players are doing things like this, it's always in this little little minute space because they can control that narrative. They get this, they get this much money from a, an organization or from you know their team or whatever the case may be, and they feel like I can be this kind of way. And I and I even put this on even um, actors. I put this on you know. Um, music artists and things of that nature, they feel like they have the empowerment and the affluence, the influence of the popular fan, the popular vote. But we don't, but they don't realize that in that level of popularity, they do a disservice to truly have a good conversation about what's right and wrong here. And that to me is the problem. While the focus is always about whether or not Kyrie Irving is going to be a part of this thing that the New York Nets, or the Brooklyn Nets are doing and whatever the case may be, it's strictly about what he is doing and how he is saying and what and how he is coming across becomes more dangerous for more people because you're not genuinely providing people with an understanding of why you're doing it. You're just flip-flopping back and forth because you're dissatisfied with another organization or another entity who controls your money choosing to go a different path than you want them to go. And that to me does not help anybody. Right. When you get up on there and you start spouting off about a whole bunch of nonsense that has nothing to do with what you personally and genuinely feel. You don't want to take the vaccine. No. Don't take the vaccine. Nothing wrong with that. But stop putting everybody in this space to be a, jump on board with me because this is where I want to be with this and things of that nature. That's not genuine. That's not genuine. And that makes him look more foolish in doing so and puts us all at that same type of risk because we're surrounded by people who mindlessly follow this kind of verbiage on these type Cal, of that, platforms. 
Cal, that man said he wanted to be the voice of the voiceless uh, uh, regarding a group that has been the loudest voice in the room for the past year. Okay, exactly. 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 Like, it's just, it's absolute aggravation that I feel when I see things like this occur. And when we say, okay, well, what does this have to do with, with, with basketball? Well, think about it. Basketball is, is, is spearheading an effort so that they can have fans be in, in the stands to watch play basketball. And you cannot get to that point unless you're being responsible with your own public health and safety. Now, if you choose not to take the vaccine, okay, that is fine. I don't need to talk to you about that because I know what I did. You know what I'm saying? I know what my brothers have done, right? And if they chose not to do it, I'll respect you for owning that. But in no way, shape, or form am I respecting someone who's just bouncing off of every conceivable excuse that you can throw out there because you're hesitant about it or you don't feel like doing it or whatever the case may be, right? And yet you still want to enjoy the same privileges that we all sacrifice. That's the difference. It's a sacrifice. We all are making sacrifices for the greater good of something. If you're choosing not to make that sacrifice, don't hold that against me because you choose not to want to do it. That's, that's asinine. That argument is asinine. And if you're going to sit here and sell me on the idea that it's not right that people should make you do it or whatever the case may be, then I want you in front of the podium. I want you in front of your IG Live or whatever vehicle you want to use. Be up in front of there, in front of those people who are out there who is showing you statistically, factually, science-based, showing you the, the, the arguments that you are making there to and for of, right? Like, I want you there. I don't want you in some arbitrary space or some foreign island or whatever the case may be trying to sell me on this. If you're not going to be in front of the people that you're trying to challenge on this, then you should not be talking about this. You should not be spearheading anything about it. You should quietly just be in your space and do your own thing. And then when you're ready to kind of really hop in that conversation, then do so. But that to me is where I completely stand with this whole thing on Kyrie Irving. Well, my, my final take on it more or less is really, you know, I think with Kyrie, he, it's like, I think it's both what you both said. It's just like, it's either shit or get off the pot, bro. And at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're sacrificing what you feel like you need to sacrifice, but you're also alienating teammates. And, you know, I know it's going to be some conversation throughout the course of the season. Um, and we'll see how long this lasts, but at the end of the day, he did what he did. He's going to continue to do what he does. And I'm just kind of here now for the jokes, if you will, in terms of how some people and even maybe the teammates are starting to respond for it, but it's no joking matter when it comes to his message that is a little bit, um, not a little bit. It's just, it's just, it's just flat out wrong and, and confusing for for people who are just not wanting to buy into the science. So, um, one, God one, bless you, Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> just, one, one last, up, one last thing before, <laughs> one last thing before we, you know, obviously we move our energies towards something else. And and, and I want to make sure that this is understood because we're probably going to have this kind of conversation later on down the road. You remember when we were sitting here having conversations before? about Ben Simmons and remember when I was making my arguments about when we you know we keep talking about you know what do you do with a guy like Ben Simmons right like this this all-star superstar capable player you know who can really help a team and things of that nature this is what I'm talking about when you're saying you want to put someone in in the type of role or position that you're asking them to be in and so I've been saying this even from Jump Street with regards to Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving one of the most exciting guards you'll ever see on that basketball court Absolutely no question. But is Kyrie Irving one of the best point guards in the game of basketball or should be in the conversation of being the best point guard in the game of basketball? I will challenge you on anything that you have seen, even the numbers that is presented and the teams that he's played with and played on where he quote unquote was that guy. Because now when you see how he acts, right, that is not just something that just comes out of thin air. 
I'm not I'm not going to go out and say, oh, you know, Kyrie Irving is selfish and he's self-absorbed. Y'all can make that decision. What I'm saying is, is that don't sit here and have this argument with me about saying that Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving is a true point guard. He was never a true point guard. He was always a scoring guard who was asked to do point guard things. But he was never, when you put him in that converse, conversation, you insult the Chris Pauls. You insult the Steve Nashes. You insult guys who actually have made those type of sacrifices for the betterment of the team, even if they didn't like it, dealing with the coach, even if they didn't like it, dealing with another superstar player. You make sacrifices because at the end, the goal is to win a championship. And things that you see Kyrie Irving being done, and this is not hate because he used to play for my Celtics or nothing like that. You can go as far back to when he was playing with the Cleveland Cavaliers before LeBron James came on that team. Because now you can make the argument that the real point guard on that team has always been LeBron James, even when he was playing next to Kyrie Irving. You just asked him to do point guard things. This is what I'm talking about when we keep asking certain players who are not capable of playing that role or that position, and you keep forcing them on your team to do those type of things. That becomes the end result. They don't win championships. That was a drop the mic situation. I, we could have come over the top, but the reality is this. I think we've all kind of expressed how we feel on this guy. The truth is this, man. Kyrie, you know, to your point, he's fantastic to watch. He's incredible. I have nothing, you know, I, I, you know, this is nothing against the way he plays or anything of that matter. In fact, again, you know, to, you know, to the point that you, you know, that you made, I have nothing against him. You know, like having a different, you know, having a differing opinion. Do your thing. Just honestly live up to the consequences. That's it, that, that's that, that's all I gotta say. Live up to the consequences, and we can move on. See, now that's the drop the mic moment, Mister Mister <laughs> Davis. That was the drop the mic moment. You're tuned to the baseline. Callie Warren Shaw discussing the hot button and <laughs> Jabari Davis. You know he's a man. He stands on his own. Discussing the hot button topics of the NBA. Coming up, we got a few more news and notes before we get into mailbag time. I can't wait for that, man. So hang with us. We got a lot to get into, and you don't want to miss out on it here on the baseline. This is the baseline. Kylie Warren Shaw, Jabari Davis discussing the hot button topics of the NBA, continuing with our news and notes. Let's get right into it. Zion Williamson is not ready for the season. I know. Everybody is just like, oh, bummer. Um, look, Zion Williamson, his foot's not right. This is uh, David Griffin's, you know, project. He can't mess this up. Because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, all eyes are already on him as well, too. Like, I think, you know, Jabari, you've been questioning him. <laughs> Shaw, you've been questioning him as well, too, right? Like, so he can't mess this up with Zion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what do we make of the fact that Zion is not ready for the Pelicans? Oh, maybe Griff can go play piano during his rehab. <laughs> Try to get him to soothe those bones. This is a disaster. Like, New Orleans, like there's nothing good and, coming out of and this. And, Shaw, NCIS New Orleans is off, right? There, there, there's no more <laughs> NCIS New Orleans. Damn, man. I mean, come on. one out for Scott Beck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. It's, it's sad times, man. Fonte Graham not looking like the greatest addition, and you know Ingram. I think he's battling a couple injuries as well too. He'll be ready, I, I assume as well. But you know Valanciunas and Nikhil Alexander Walker probably gonna have to hold this thing down here for a little bit. Um, it's just sad, you know. A guy, I think he's played like 50 something games out of 180 something games he could have possibly played. 
Like, it's just not looking good. And the fact that he's not ready to begin the season, as Griff had indicated he might be, and then tried to clarify, was like, oh, well, around the start of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you wild right now. You wild with it. So, you know, hey, I, I hope he gets a speedy recovery, but it's starting to get real, real shaky when it comes to the Zion Williamson, you know, tenure in, in New Orleans. Jabari, what do you think? Man, listen, we all had the same physical concerns, you know, from or we all had the same concerns from a physical perspective back in college. Uh, you know, I, I was I was very specifically concerned when he wound up in New Orleans, given I know I, I'm raising my hand right now. This is an you know, people are listening. But right now I'm raising my hand. I know how good the good eating is. Business. I know how good the good drinking is down there. And I know how good the good living can be down there. So honestly, and, and look. He's a professional, you know, you, you would understand that you, you you would expect there to be a certain level of, of, of professionalism, but maybe not necessarily for an 18, 19 year old, you know, get, be, you know, being thrown on the NBA stage with his capabilities. I, look, I don't know how it's going to end in New Orleans. I just know that eventually it's going to end in New Orleans. You know, man, I, I'm going to say this, um, and I hope this is not a conspiracy theory like kind of approach <laughs> to it, but. I, I agree with you, Jabari. I, I think that this is going to end in a travesty. And if you really think about this, you go back to the travesties that have happened to the New Orleans Pelicans, which has happened quite often, right? Um, I think this is going to be the this is going to be the worst of the worst, right? Like the situation that happened with Chris Paul, that was bad. Situation with Anthony Davis, make the argument like really, really bad, right? This, I think, it, it, this this could crush the the the, the organization. Um, and it could it could force it could force things to be in a space where you know we're talking about down the road um, team contraction or moving a team or something like that. Pelicans could be right there in that space. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like the, the the way that they have gone about doing the things that they're doing, the way that they have taken the kind of risks that they've taken with you know with the organization and the fan base based on the way that they're trying to keep players and, 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 and you know, it, it's just, it's sad, man. It's just really, really sad. What I just want to make sure that people understand is, is that no matter what happens here with regards to Zion, you better hope that this kid is still every bit as much the hype that we basically just spent this whole year playing him up to, right? He is a solid basketball player, right? But with this now comes this, he can't stay healthy thing, <laughs> right? And I'm just saying, how much are you willing to invest in saying that he is a a a a the the main building block, right, for your franchise moving forward? I, I can't I can't emphasize enough. It to me that correlation I make to this is if this guy has been as injured as, as much as he has been since the beginning of his career, and you're talking about he is going to be the, the, the pillar that holds everything else up that you're doing moving forward. Liken that to having a, 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 a cinder block that already has pieces of it chipped and you're crazy gluing that, those pieces back underneath just so it can hold up everything else. It ain't going to work. It's just not going to work. You know, now you want to put him up, pillared up with some other solid structures? Okay, fine. And he has to acknowledge that he needs that kind of help. But you're going to ask him to shoulder that kind of burden for an organization like that? It's not going to end well, man. It's just not going to end well. I, I got one. I mean, and we, I know we got to go, but I got to get this in here. Do you think there's any type of buyer's remorse in New Orleans at this point where, damn, 
maybe we should have got the number two or number three pick. They could be sitting with John Morant right now instead of, of Zion. I know Zion put up 27 and eight, and it's, it hasn't been that long, but do you think there's even a, like a hint, a sniff of buyer's remorse? JD, I'll kick it to you real quick. I don't know if there's buyer's remorse, but I like, I, I think, okay. I think that's that type of conversation begins to creep in if this year goes the way that it it, it could go, the way that Cal is kind of alluding to. You know, like if he, if he only plays, you know, say 35 games or whatever the case may be. And, I, and obviously none of us are, are hopeful that this takes place. None of us are like taking any amount of joy or, or happiness, you know, like in this. But quite frankly, if, if, if he isn't able to put up, you know, at least 60, 65 games, there's got to be at least that consideration. I'm not saying they're going to move him anytime soon, but there at least has to be that consideration of okay, what does what's his body going to you know really going to be able to you know withstand over the next whatever five ten years? Yeah, I, I mean, I think true basketball fans, basketball savants in New Orleans, and those who know the history and and of its you know discourse, <laughs> it's going to be like, yeah, this is a I regret that we we gave up this much and we didn't get anything back because of it like i often liken it to the fact that you're going to make this kind of investment make sure you have a solid security uh, insurance policy and and every single general manager from griffin to demps and on they just don't have an insurance policy for the risk that they're taking and in the end you should know this right when you're in places like new orleans when you're in places like in the south during hurricane season What's the one thing that you most homeowners wish that you had? You wish you had that insurance, right? And I don't so understand how they just don't have that same kind of mentality when it comes to the type of players that they're they're funneling all of this invested loyalty to. I'm not saying that Zion Williamson will not be a star. I'm not saying that he may not do some great things for the for the uh, for the city and for the state of Louisiana, right? But what I'm saying is is that what he's showing you right now is whatever you're getting may be just short success. It doesn't feel like it's going to be long-term because he can't stay healthy to do it for you. And he shouldn't be, you shouldn't ask him to do that knowing that he can't stay healthy enough to be able to do it for a sustained long period of time. Is it going to be Beignet Barkley or Beignet Jason Maxio? You, oh. you let me know, Zion. I'll tell you that, man. All right, Clay <laughs> Thompson. Straight. <laughs> Cassius Clay, baby. He's ready. He say, he say he's ready to go, man, but they're saying... They're expecting him back in a month. Are we buying into the idea that Klay Thompson will be ready with the for the Warriors in about a month's time? Yeah, I think so. Um, he's 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 in good spirits. I think Jordan Poole is probably like, damn. <laughs> Jordan Poole <laughs> thought he's going to get a chance to cook a little bit. And maybe he will, especially maybe him coming off that bench and, you know, maybe he gets in, in the award for most improved or maybe even six man, depending on how it goes. But uh, the Warriors want to get Klay back. They don't want to rush per se. Um, but if, if I think they've been really uh, trying to guard things very, very closely when it comes to that. So the fact that they're willing this to really, this comes out via shams more than anything else, I think there's some truth to it and there's a bite there. So if Clay's back here within a month's time, he probably won't be up to speed, probably still until, you know, January, you know, maybe at least mid January at, at the, at the latest. What about you, JD? Yeah, that's what I was. That's where I was going to take it. I think if I'm not mistaken, I, or at least you know, my interpretation of the report was that he's going to be back uh, to full practice within a month. But the return to action would still likely be at some point in either December or early January. So, so the truth be told, Jordan Poole's still going to have his opportunity. But like, look, if the Dubs are going to be tough, I, I, I'm not one that's going to overreact from preseason. But if Clay is even even a semblance of his former self, I you know I I think they're going to absolutely be a tough out, and I kind of can't wait to see what they look like w with 
Clay back into the mix, but also, you know, working in a Jordan Poole and working in some of those younger guys that they have. Yeah, I'm 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 completely on board with the fact that if Clay Thompson says he's ready in a month, he'll be back in a month. Um he, there's just something about him and and I think it's something that the the Golden State Warriors truly need. I think a lot of people are kind of weighing in on on their their hopes of seeing the old crew come back and make this one last run starting to wane the more that we still have to wait and see who's going to be here and who's not, right? Like in other words, if Clay Thompson still has time left to you know before he's fully ready to come out on there and be out there with the guys and stuff like that i think it kind of really dampens people's emotional spirits like you know the golden state fan base and people who really appreciated that dynasty that run of those five years that they had in, in which you know they really took over the the basketball world by storm right and, and kind of changed the narrative of how lebron has to put teams together and and what could executives need to do you remember when the, the owner was like yeah i think we're ahead of everybody else in the nba right so I think, mm-hmm. I think the key for Klay Thompson coming back, as much as it's more everyone's fix, fixated on the physical, I think it's more on the mental. I think it's more on our perception that we want to still see this trifecta added into the conversation about which trifecta is going to hoist the trophy at the end of this year. Is it Milwaukee's trifecta? Is it the Lakers' trifecta? Is it the, the Nets' trifecta? You know what I'm saying? And now you could probably see, hey, maybe the Bulls, they probably have themselves a trifecta going on. So I want to see if this guard can actually do it. And I think seeing Klay Thompson in the way that he is, I think is going to benefit the uh, the Warriors. And I think it's going to benefit us, those who still believe that they may still have one run left, whether they do it or not. I still like them truly and authentically being in the conversation. Where I think it helps guys like Jordan Poole and Damian Lee and those guys is you got a true veteran shooter that is going to be able to enable and help playing at that position those guys to step up and and take a little bit of that pressure off of trying to fill in Klay Thompson's shoes. They're not there to fill in their shoes, but this is an opportunity to your guys' point to kind of kind of kind of etch their own name in in where they can be a contribute a contributory benefit to the Golden State Warriors and this intent to try and make a playoff run. Well, no comment for me on that. I think you're right. Golden State is going to be better than you know, a lot of people think, especially if Clay's back sooner than a lot of people anticipated. So exciting times in GSW, brother. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Finally, Tyler Hero. Ah, uh, our man Tyler. <laughs> what 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 is, what is he called? Um, Tyler the Creator, right? That, mm. is, that's is an actual dude. That? Yeah, no, but I'm gonna oh, call okay. him Tyler the Creator. Because my man is creating fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> our man is creating fantasy right now. Well, before he was creating music. Yo, now uh-huh. he recreating fantasy. Tyler Hero. He says he wants to be mentioned in the class of Luka Doncic, Trey Young, and Ja Morant. All right. Which one of y'all wants to start I- laughing before you actually get into the throes of your conversation? Or maybe so- you seriously think that there's some justification where he's coming from about this, J.D. Look, there's an old saying that applies here. It's hope in one hand and crap in the other and see which one fills up first, okay? Uh I know that might be a little bit callous and like, you know, and and folks <laughs> you know, folks might be like, "Oh man, why you have to do yo, why you have to do my man like that?" But the only way that he's going to be mentioned in that class is if he was actually in Wait, he was in there. He was actually in their draft class, right? Uh yes. So, okay, yeah. So, that's the that's the way he can be he can be mentioned in that class. <laughs> I never look. I, the te- I, the, te- I never, the teacher was calling roll call, "Tyler, are you here?" Yeah, yes. you were in the class. Okay. You yeah, were, yeah, in, were in the class, right? Yeah, you showed up. Look, I don't really I don't truly begrudge players for having supreme confidence. Like uh, all jokes aside, like, you know, because frankly, why wouldn't they? 
You know, they're already playing. They're, they're playing a game at its highest level, you know, amongst the, you know, some of the greatest to ever have done it. Uh, so, you know, and, and they've already proven that, you know, that they're incredible players to be, you know, by making the league, let alone having success while there. So I'm not, you know, like, you know, while I'll make the jokes and, you know, and be, you know, straight up that I don't think he's, you know, that, qual- you, know, you know, that class of player. I actually don't have a problem with Hero saying this. And quite frankly, I like it. I, you know, if anything, I wish he would have just owned it and gone along with it instead of trying to clean it up after the fact. What, what, what did you think about it, Warren? Yeah, I mean, you know, truth be told, Tyler is his own hero, right? He's his greatest hero. He feels like he is the man. And it's like, what is the old adage? You know, NBA player has a irrational confidence, uh, irrational confidence, you know, news at 11. This is not surprising that he thinks this highly of himself, you know, if you will. Um, I mean, I guess a little point of clarification, Ja, I guess, was in Zion's class. So I guess it's, you know, whatever. whatever. But at the end of the day, with, with Hero, like this is what the heat want and expect out of him in terms of his confidence level. And he's just, he has to be a guy now that just goes out there and does it on the court. I don't need to hear you talking about it. Cause I think, you know, after that bubble season last year, wasn't, wasn't the greatest and well, it wasn't terrible. It just, it wasn't what a lot of people would have expected. He's mm-hmm. been tearing it up in the preseason. So I got to give him props for that. He's still my pick for six man of the year ultimately. Cause I think he really is going to be locked in. And then eventually maybe he does, force his way into that starting lineup because he's just too good. Um, but I think he has a comfortable role in niche right now and his confidence level is an all time high, as you can tell by this quote. So um, Tyler hero, if you're listening, we have an exclusive offer for you, my friend. Okay. 20% Man, off and free <laughs> worldwide shipping. Use the code baseline, bro. I mean, damn, right? Like for real talk, shameless promotion. Absolutely. But I mean, my man talking about just whipping him out, right? Like he's just straight up like, hey, I should be mentioned in the class of Luka Doncic, Trey Young, and John Morant. Look, hey, listen, I'm hey, not going to you hold if you holding them like that, you better be like, I'm saying like you better make sure game. hey you hey, listen, man. They have got they've got toner, <laughs> right? They you got to smooth it out. You know what I'm saying? Got <laughs> I'm just listen, man. Look, let me be let me be straight up and down. Like and again, Manscape is a great brand and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously check them out, no question. But in all realness, I applaud Tyler Hero showing us his his confidence, right? I applaud the fact that he wants to believe that. Um, I, I just hope that you're not putting it on us to try to make that argument for you. And I'm just thinking if you're making that argument for yourself, you've got a long way to go, right? Because you're not the you're not the backbone of the Miami Heat. Okay, there was a reason why the Miami Heat traded to get Jimmy Butler while they had you. Okay, you're you're not necessarily the the one A B player. They're wanting you to get there, yet there have been instances where you have not put yourself in that situation, right? And so when I look at guys like Luka Doncic, Trey Young, and John Morant, somehow, some way, they're putting in that work to put them in that best the best situation possible for us to have that conversation about them. So I'm hoping that this is the year that while we're talking about the moves that the Miami Heat have made, getting Kyle Lowry um, and adding P.J. Tucker and putting these necessary pieces and the focus is still about, you know, um, Jimmy Butler. I hope that in that locker room, in that, that, that space, in the executive office, in, this, in the, in the, uh, the war room where, where, where Spolster is sitting here having those conversations with his coaches, strategizing, that what they're saying is, for us to get to the promised land, Tyler Hero needs to be that dude. If we're hearing that kind of conversation emanating throughout the course of this season, 
then we can have that conversation about Tyler Hero being a mention of the class of the Luka Doncic's and the Trey Youngs and the John Morant. Cal, uh, you know, I, I know we've been joking around about this, but I think you just kind of hit it on the head. The difference is those guys are expected to be, you know, the system, whereas, you know, Hero has been a part of a system. Uh, and that's not to say that Hero doesn't have that, you know, as, as you know, doesn't potentially have that as a part of his game. We just haven't seen it yet. So right. while, you know, again, you know, like you know, none of us are begrudging my man, uh, I I will just, you know, reiterate, you know, excuse me, reiterate that his jumper's wet. His jumper's real wet. Just like the manscape, you can get it. You can get it wet. It can it can be handled in any you know any conditions. Uh, it, it's actually quite nice. So, you know, while I might not see him as a one A type guy, I will say that he probably should use that baseline code. Definitely, I will say this um, before we, we we move forward. Um, if Tyler Hero wants to take a page out of some type of pathway to getting to that point, maybe he should look at the way Kyle, Ka- Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, elevated himself in that space. Because remember when Kawhi Leonard came in, he came in the throes of that last run with the big three in San Antonio. And he found a way for him to be recognized as the future for the San Antonio Spurs, however long that was supposed to be for. He became that dude. So it's not like it's not impossible. I know sometimes people get caught up when we say he is a part of the system and the system is always going to work against, you know, those type of guys. We've seen where some players have figured out a way to break the system or to change the way that the system is supposed to operate if you see that the skill set of some players are just so good, so all-world-like, that you have to think about changing the way that that system needs to work for a player like him. Tyler Hero can have that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And I hope that he figures that part of it out. It certainly going to happen by him mouthing off about other players doing other things for other teams. He needs to worry about what he's doing for his own team. Well said. And I live in the area, bro. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to clean it up. Yeah. I said things well said. I live in the area. And again, I I, I get a lot of Tyler Hero news and information on a regular basis. So um, I'll keep you guys posted, you know, and maybe I'll go <laughs> down to Miami and, and check in with him and offer him that baseline code 20% off. <laughs> well, if that doesn't work, right? Uh, maybe what might be best too, you know what I'm saying, if you can't make that Miami money, is probably making that money because the NBA is back with DraftKings. That's right. The NBA is back. And at DraftKings Sportsbook, the authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team, including the Miami Heat, to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and oh yeah, Washington. Maybe it's Miami, 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 Miami. Oh, oh yeah, and Miami, right? (laughs) DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get their skin in the game with new same game parlay. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is a safe, secure, and reliable platform. Bets of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code BASELINE. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code BASELINE this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage require. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Coming up, it's that time. Mailbag, baby. We got the questions. You got the questions. 
hopefully we got the answers coming up here on the baseline all right this is the baseline cali warren shaw jabari davis discussing the hot button topics of the nba mailbag time that's right man y'all gave us the questions and hopefully we will be able to provide you with the answers so without further ado i'm gonna pass the mic to my man jd roll out that mailbag for us brother all right, we threw up the bat signal and y'all didn't disappoint. We definitely appreciate everybody for participating in this. And we may do this in the future, so we, we definitely hope, you know, hope we get even more next time. But we, it looks like we have a good selection here. Let's go with our first one. It came from our guy, Alan Ramich. That's at Alan Ramich. He's the host of Lakerside Chats here for 19 Media Group. Definitely recommend you guys check that out. But he wants to know, it's very simple. Warren, I'll come to you first with this. What do you do with Kyrie if you're the Nets? Exactly what they did. Don't offer him any more damn money, mm-hmm. you know, and, and let this thing kind of ride out. Um, I feel bad for the teammates. Kyrie uh, is definitely alienating a lot of them, you know, with his decision here. KD and, and Harden, they're all tired of answering the questions at, at this mm-hmm. point. So I think the Brooklyn Nets franchise recognizes, you know what? He got us to a certain point. He may not be able to get us over the hump, and that's okay. You know, and I think you mm-hmm. thank him for his time. Um, you play this contract out. And he will come back, as I think you were alluding to, J.D. I think he'll probably be back at some point this season. And, you know, maybe things all go well. But if you're a franchise owner, you don't want this problem, you know, four or five years in a row. <laughs> like, I think you can figure out a different way, especially when you have KD locked up already. And you'll probably get hard to resign as well. Y'all remember when um, Malcolm X, the movie Malcolm X, played by Denzel Washington? Remember that moment? It's, all, it's, all, it's always on part of those gifts, right? You know that moment where he's sitting at the desk? glasses on mm-hmm. he's putting them glasses off and slams the table like you know what i'm saying i'm yep. sure that's exactly what sean marks is feeling you want to know why because in his head he's thinking damn it to hell man i still would have had spencer dimwitty <laughs> i take spencer yeah. dimwitty right about now spencer dimwitty out there watching me like i done told y'all <laughs> it's like, i done warned y'all right because you probably would have had a legit guard under your contract right yeah, you got to deal with the injuries, but so you deal with the same thing with Kyrie Irving. Could have had yourself a legitimate point guard who's been nothing but upstanding, solid, stand-up guy for that organization than to deal with what you're dealing with right now with Kyrie Irving. I'm going to leave it at that. Fair enough, fair enough. And I, I, gave, I gave plenty of thoughts on Kyrie earlier, so I, I will stop dunking on it and simply say once he's back in the mix and he's playing, we'll talk about him then. Until then, let's keep it pushing. All right, so for the next question, we're actually going to combine two of them. I want to shout out our guy at Hedge and Trap. Uh, but the other gentleman who, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep his anonymity. He's a member of the Knicks media. <laughs> so Hedge and Trap says, who's going to, you know, whose emails are going to be leaked? He's hoping for Maury. And the member of the Knicks media says, someone needs to leak James Dolan's emails and texts. So... Cal, let's go ahead and stay stay there with you on this. Uh, who's most likely to be the next victim of the leaked emails? Dolan. <laughs> it's Dolan. I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. Like, I, I think it's only a matter of time before the next New York sports franchise that needs to be, that needs to go through a transition of leadership. It's only a matter of time before Dolan's name gets thrown back out there and stuff. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to, compromise the New York Knicks I think if you are the New York Knicks and you figure out a way to separate yourself from the James Dolan tendencies that you will be a good franchise moving forward you will always you will be competitive you got a good coach you got a a solid number of players right now 
But I, I just feel like it won't be long because Dolan is not in the spotlight that he's going to put himself in the spotlight where we're going to be like, let's come see them emails, bro. Which, who you communicating with right about now, right? Who you talking to in the background, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just me. For the record, for anybody that's not aware, the reason why this is a part of the, you know, part of the general conversation is because of what took place with an investigation surrounding the Washington football team that ultimately resulted in, John, you know, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, John Gruden, who formerly, you know, interacted with him uh, via email, you know, and, and basically got caught up in, and lost his job as a result of it. So, the, Warren, I'm going to come to you with this because, look, I, and, and, and for the record, I'm not saying Mark Davis was, you know, crying any crocodile tears for John Gruden, but I'll just say I think he, I bet he dabbed his tears with those 60 million that he saved by getting out of that contract so but the only difference with the, with those scenarios and, and and i'm not disputing it uh, uh cal i i just I, I just present this this is an owner of a team as opposed to a representative of a team it's a little bit more difficult and if anything the donald sterling saga showed you just how terrible for an extended period of time the league will allow you to be before they get you up out of there what what say you warren yeah, I'm right there with you, and I think there's a lot of people. Like, I'm 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 one of those nosiest people in the entire world when it comes to NBA stuff and politics. I'm the one who wants the players mic'd up because I want to hear everything that's happening. So when it comes to like whose emails could be out there, give me the entire league. I want to see what everybody's <laughs> talking about. I think I think Mark Cuban already got caught up in some stuff, you know, in, in the last couple Several of years. Several times. In the organization. You know, yep. So there's that. You know, it's interesting now. I think because now Sarver's kind of chilling in, in Phoenix. You know, now that they're winning and stuff like that too. But I'm sure there's been some shady ish going on there i'd love to see what bomber's talking about you know what i mean as a as this wild coyote of an owner in la for the clippers i think there's just there's so much bite to this story um and and even damn i forget the, i forget their names right now is it the bensons whoever owns new orleans right yeah the Benson, what are they yeah. talking about right now? what are they talking about right now with with the zion stuff i think there's a lot of juice that could be oh, happening boy. there and to 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 everyone's credit, though, if you leak my emails, it'd probably be some shit in there. I wouldn't be so proud of as well, too. But, you know, I'm not out here disparaging people, you know, on a day to day basis, like some of the some of the conversations that we're having here right now. So I think this is a great, 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 great question. So shouts to those who who, who send it our way, man. Yeah, shout out to Heads and Trap, and once again, shout out to the member of New York media that jumped in my DMs and said, yeah, let's go ahead and get this out there. All <laughs> right, keeping it going, our guy, at J underscore Sports Talk, that's Justin, you know, you know, for, you know for the folks that are, aren't aware, he's the host of Just Kicking It, once again, here on 19 Media Group. Definitely go ahead and check him out, check that, check his show out. He's absolutely fantastic at what he does, but he wants to know, and Warren, go ahead and stay with you, if the Lakers struggle from the, you know, the start of the season, do you see them try to shake it up, you know, shake up the roster quickly, or give the guy some time to, you know, kind of form and gel. Palinka's always going to tweak, um, but I don't think he'll panic. And, and I think that's going to be the situation. He got They got to try to save the course. There's a little, there's a certain level of embarrassment that could happen too. Um, if they do one, if they start to struggle, but then to like, damn, we were wrong. I, I feel like in some ways they may try to wallow in it and like, hope they just kind of figure it out. Cause they wouldn't want to be wrong two years in a row with all the roster overhaul they've been doing in the last couple of seasons. It would really be an admission of like, we don't know what the F we're doing up here. Like we know outside of LeBron and AD, mm -hmm. we're just kind of lucky. So I think they're going to wallow in it um, and hope it all works out. Push come to shove. If they continue to struggle, Cal, what you think, man? I don't think they're going to, they're going to panic, but I, I do think that what you should look for is seeing who wants to be the alpha dog and step up and own the struggles that the team may go through. Um, I'm more curious about how Russell Westbrook is, is is coming off. Like, listen, Russell Westbrook has always been a maverick. He he's always been someone that you know kind of like walks on his 
you know, walks his own path, even when he's playing alongside of other dynamic players. Um, and he tries hard, I think, at times to not step on anyone else's toes. But it just happens to be that he, he is a loud figure, right? He's a loud person in the room, even when he wants to be quiet. But I've noticed even now he's very tempered. I think he's 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 he recognizes that the pathway for me to winning a championship and me being here and being a Laker, I think, I don't know, maybe the mystique of being a Laker has humbled him a little bit. Like he knows that he is not more than the Laker brand, right? Um, he may follow more in the shoes of what LeBron says. Um, he may open up, you know, a path for Anthony Davis to step up and be more of a leader. I am more curious about how long he waits before he jumps out and starts saying things or coming off in a way where you can clearly tell he wants to be the alpha for that team. So I say right now, it's not so much as about shaking up the roster as much as it is shaking up things. Who's going to do that? And whether or not that triggers the effect for Palenka to try and shake up the roster. I think it's just going to come down to that dynamic between, and you remember too, Carmelo Anthony is there as well. And even though we don't talk about him in that same ilk, Remember, he is a Hall of Fame player, right? He is a great. And he has also been asked by LeBron James to come and play with that team. So there's there's a lot of moving parts to that. And it's just the reason why it's just not so easy to tell people, shake it up just because they they, they come struggling out of the gate to start with. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Unless the wheels totally fell off and they were somewhere, you know, around 5 and 15 through 20 games and, and facing darker times ahead, I don't think they pull any quick triggers. You know, I will say this, you know, with how last year's deals were structured, you know, they've at least positioned themselves to be potentially active around the deadline if the roster still needs work for the playoff push. But in the meantime, to answer this question directly, and again, thank you very much, Justin. That's Justin Hutzman, host of Just Kicking It uh, here with 19 Media Group. But yeah, to answer it directly, I don't think think you swing mightily as they swung this offseason if you don't have the stomach to endure a rough patch or two. All right, keeping it going, let's go ahead and go to the next one. Shout out to at stateside, oh, excuse me, at, at stateside Ram. Now, this was kind of a tongue-in-cheek one. He wants to know whose spot would LaMelo take on the dream team. And let me let, let me chime in with this one. Actually, no, Warren, let, let you have fun with this because I, I have some thoughts on this. Well, I think the, the low-hanging fruit, and I'm assuming this is the original dream team, you know, that's mm. Christian Leitner. That's Christian Leitner. Um, that's the low-hanging fruit. But I'm going to shake it up because I didn't really care about the dude all that much. While I respect his game, he's a Hall of Famer and all that. I just didn't get a whole lot of excitement out of John Stockton. So if you're going to go out here and replace the point guards, hey, put LaMelo on that joint and have John, you know, kind of chill out in Utah, bro. <laughs> Cal, are, are you going to disappoint, you know, all of Salt Lake as well? Or, or do you have somebody else in mind? I actually think that, the person that LaMelo would probably have taken, even though it would never happen, but I think he would have taken Chris Mullen's spot. Um, I just feel like, you know, I mean, he was there, <laughs> you know, he was a part of it, but I would not have been completely opposed to seeing LaMelo doing what he does, you know? I, this, you know, there's a certain portion of the crowd that makes it like, hey, hold on. Where are they going with this? Oh, so I I'm, know exactly I'm what going you mean. To be, I'm going to be conscientious <laughs> of that when I, as I answer. Look, now, nah, listen, look, for years, you know, I've enjoyed the debate over, over whether Zeke should have been over Stockton, which he should have, or Shaq should have been in over Leitner, which he should have. But, you know, while the question, like I mentioned, was, you know, somewhat tongue in cheek, and it's obviously a hypothetical, 
I'd absolutely love, and I'm going to adjust it a little bit. I'd love to see LaMelo with the 2012 spot, you know, squad, KD, Braun, Russ, Harden, Blake, you know, like even, even being, you know, at the end of his run, you know, at the end of his run or the 20 or the 2008 team, you know, so we can get a random Rubio versus Melo matchup because I think Melo would, would have dogged him even in an international play. So I think it, it's a fun conversation. It's hypothetical. And then of course, you know, like, you know, we're not, you know, we're not truly being, you know, we're not truly intending to be disrespectful to, you know, legendary Hall of Fame players, but it would be fun. Absolutely. All right. Keeping it going. Let's see. We got, we got two more and you know what? They are some, they're from some familiar faces at a Mojo King. That's our guy, Mo. Now I just want to quickly take a second to, you know, to point something out. Mo's got, you know, the hidden gems golf and hidden gems hip hop or hip hop hidden gems. And forgive me, Mo, if I butchered that, but you know what? You'll understand. I'm going to be straight up. I've never cared about golf. Even back in the day when we talked about Tiger Woods, and yes, of course, I was like, yo, I want I want him to win. You know, throw that red shirt on on a Sunday. That's cool. But I never really paid attention to it, and I damn sure didn't really watch any golf. And I damn sure didn't, you know, consider betting. But Mo's got me considering betting and playing the margins with daily fantasy sports and golf just simply from listening to this Hidden Gems golf show and this Hidden Gems hip-hop show. Well, Warren, why don't you give the people a, a couple thoughts on that? My guy, I was sitting at work. <laughs> I got the alert. The bat signal was out. Yo, it dropped. And I said, God dang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that thing is utter, utter, utter fire. Our guy, the Mojo King, um, with another homeboy of mine, Willie Freeman, they come out here and just right out the gate talking about an amazing versus battle with Big Daddy Kane and Karis one hip hop legend conversation but the way they break this thing down is it's super lovely if you are a hip hop enthusiast like many of us are here on the baseline nba podcast you're going to enjoy this show so please please check it out give it a five star rating rate review subscribe the whole nine hip hop hidden gems is an amazing amazing show that i think is definitely going to take 19 low 19 media to that next level and you know what and and i'm glad that you corrected on the at it's actually it's funny so he's the, the the description he's got for his name is the Mojo King. But let me correct: if you're looking for Mo on Twitter, it's at Power Mojo. But anyhow, he wants to know, Cal, coming to you with this one: which coach is getting fired first? Yeah, that's a really tough question, but I would expect not you know nothing less than than that from from our man um, Mojo, because <laughs> um, you know he will ask the tough ones. Can you imagine if he was on our show, bro? <laughs> He would challenge the listeners. Listeners would have to actually go back to school on some of this stuff, man. I'm telling you mm-hmm. right now. Um, only because of the fact that there just isn't that many head coaches, like because of a lot of head coaches that are basically assuming new roles, new positions. I'm kind of inclined to basically say if there's the, the one person who is next to go, I hate saying it, but it's likely to happen because just the feel and the setup is kind of positioning themselves that way to happen that way. I think Luke Walton is probably going to be the next person to go. I was debating between him and Dwayne Casey, but I think the Pistons, as long as they see that there's a good working relationship with Cade and Casey, that they'll go another year or two, you know, before they'll realize if whether or not they're going to have to shake things up. But I feel like with Sacramento, they've got some young players. And I don't know if this drought that's going on, the backdrop of them, you know, moving players back and forth and things of that nature. I don't know how much, much longer they're going to continue to hold out if they don't see that the Sacramento Kings are going to be either playing or playoff worthy by the end of the season to still continue having him as the head coach. 
There's no other answer than Luke Walton. Like you alluded to, everybody else is too new or is tenured in their position where they will have a job until they want it. The only person who's next to leave the position probably is Popovich, and they're not firing him in San Antonio. I don't care what they do this year. He will go out on his shield and go out whenever the hell he wants to. So Walton, to me, is the, is the only answer, barring any scandals or leaked emails you know, coming from some of the coaches <laughs> in the rankings. Plus the fact that, quite frankly, this is probably the most positive that Kang's fans have been in quite some time. They finished the season on, on a nine and seven clip, and yeah, and you know, before folks sneeze at that, let's be real. Let's show love where you know where it deserves. They look good in the preseason. There's all types of expectations from year two Halliburton. Darren Fox continues to kind of ascend, at least within the conversation. You know, like in terms of the you know the the, the better point guards in the league. So yeah, the 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 thing that would get him is un you know unusual expectation. That comes along, you know, know, coming from that fan base. So I I do agree. I'm not necessarily predicting it, but I I agree with both of you. He's probably the most likely. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up. And and also thank you once again, Mo, for that question, that difficult, you know, always asking the tough ones. Let's go ahead and wrap it up with another familiar face. It comes from our guy at Joe Cardoso 301, the host of Just Three with Joe. You know him from Nuts and Bolts Sports. You can get at him pretty much across the board. He's, you know, fantastic across the board. He wants to know, what do you do if you're the OKC Thunder? Well, for me, OKC is in a situation where they they know who they are and they got to start playing these young guys. It's all about development. So they're not at a stage where they need to be trying to package their picks to get other established players to kind of turn it around. I think this is probably, you'd hope, like kind of one more year of just ridiculous, terrible basketball, a lot of rebound basketball. And then next year, because that would be another year, you know, I think that would be what the – fourth year of Shea being on this team um he's probably going to get be frustrated so you got to want to start to see some things kind of turning around so i think as they go into next offseason that's when they should be trying to look to like all right we got to start figuring out a way to 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 compete but i think this year specifically it's going to be about growth of the young guys see what you have in, in, in mr giddy um he's looked good in a couple preseason games here right now he may end up taking that starting point guard role um you know melodon is probably going to come off the bench we got you know, got our guy poku coming off the bench as well too isaiah roby a lot of young dudes that they just need to figure out what's going on here with so that's i think that's the plan if you're okay see develop this year and then try to make strides to like okay we're still developing, but now we're actually trying to move into a realm of trying to get back to the playoffs and think next season. I'm glad you took it there. And Cal, I'm coming to you with this in, the, in order to close us out. I'm glad you took it there in terms of the, of the you know, like, you know, shade, you know, of the, of the shade of it all, because this is the deal. Like, while yes, young players have to be patient, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. I do think this is an ish or get off the pot situation. You know, like, you know, like, look, you've got a, you've got that war chest of picks, you know, you've, you've, you've done a decent job of putting, you know, you know, prospects around him, but this isn't the time, you know, like, you know, moving forward, you've got a, you've got a player, the level of SGA, it's not time for prospects. It's not time for potential. It's time for players. So coming to you to close us out, do you think that they're on the right path or do you think they need to push things for, you know, maybe, you know, fast forward a little bit you know in okc i hate saying this Uh because i guess you guys like really you know you really buy into you know to sga being a cornerstone player i'm not there with him now i'm not saying that he is not a star player i think he i think he's all i think he's all-star caliber absolutely no question and he's he's proven that he can score the basketball where I'm just not sold at is that if, if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder and doing what you've been doing over the last couple of years, this is this is what you're you're holding ground to, right? Like this is really is what is all is left of what you had. And and I and I'll, I'll even go out on a limb. 
there was more hype about Lutnitz Dort in the, when they were making that playoff run than it was about SGA. I, I'm not saying that SGA doesn't put numbers together to make you seem like he's, but he doesn't, like for me personally, he doesn't excite me. He may excite the, 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 the basketball savant, the person who's really looking at the nooks and crannies of what a potentially great player is going to do, but he doesn't excite me. So you better hope that SGA figures that part of it out if you're saying that this is everything that of what Pest, uh, Joe Presti has been in, pushing towards or investing towards with the boatload of the picks and stuff and saying we're still going to keep SGA or this is about what we're going to do with SGA moving forward. I, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm finding this is the first year that I actually feel like I'm having a very difficult time seeing the future of the Oklahoma City Thunder because if it's only about what we're still seeing is remaining and it's on SGA, I'm like... SGA ain't going to put fans in Oklahoma City Thunder seats. He bet You better have something surrounding the aspect that he helps make that team exciting, but he is not your excitement at all. Now, with that well, being said, I will just say for this last point. That being said, if you look at this roster, this is such a guard-heavy roster. Like, it's ridiculous, the amount of guards. So I have to assume that they're going to be moving the plethora of guards that they've got before they thin it out and finalize who their future backcourt is going to be if that's part of the, the narrative. Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing. I, I don't. I think we all actually agree uh, agree on this point. Whether he's, you know, you know, whether you, you know, he's a, a sexy enough player for you, you do have to put other pieces around him. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he, he's not going to be necessarily. And 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 you know, for the record, nobody is the is the just a single driving force. You know, that you, in ultimate, you know, team success. But he, may, you know, he may not be, you know, that, you know, that guy. But you know, he's a guy that's twenty two years old that averaged twenty four, you know, twenty four points you know, on, you know, 50 on over 50% from the field as a guard, he shot almost 42% from the three point line last year. He's over 80% from the free throw line. He gets you almost six assists. He's getting you almost five rebounds. Now, while he may not be sexy, I feel like if you put that, if you put talent around that, the result could be. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, Sean. To your point, though, Jabari, a lot of that has been the way of the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think, right? Like over the last couple of seasons when people doubted the, the move to bring Chris when they got Chris Paul, right? He he really helped elevate uh, SGA. And then, like, you know, they just let Chris Paul go. So it, it, it kind of left you feeling like, what, well, do you think SGA is ready for this? You think he's actually ready to go? You know what I'm saying? Because I would have thought that they would have at least extended Chris Paul another year for that us for us to buy into that. The, Wait, the moment he left, it was just like, all right, you know. Wait, just 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 to be clear, that year was the year following Chris Paul. The year that he was with Chris Paul, his numbers were good, but they weren't even, you know, they weren't as good as they were last year before they shut him down. No, I understand what I'm saying, like the of what you're asking SGA to be to your team, right? Like he he was the purpose also was to have Chris Paul really be a mentor to to sga um in mm -hmm. certain aspects of what you're asking him to be as that guard right that point guard i guess that you know that hybrid point guard where he can score but he ultimately is going to help make the team better and i just felt like i thought there was going to be an extra year of that and there wasn't well I, I think sga is the classic case of you know good player stuffing the stat sheet on on a bad team and he went from like this darling great find from the clippers to a you know the principal piece in, in a trade for paul george to guy like you said learn from chris paul to now a guy who is now supposed to be the shoulder shouldering the franchise you know and, and a very proud franchise that's had the likes of westbrook and durant leading them for years um sga is not going to be either one of those two players and even say what you want to say about westbrook sga is probably not even that level of a leader yet 
can he get there? That definitely remains to be seen. Right. Um, I think they're in a situation where everyone's saying like they do need to surround him with some other talent or move on from him. And that's why I thought it was bonkers that they offered him up in a deal to Detroit, I think, to get the number one pick. And then was like, all right, cool. No Detroit. All right, well, we'll just go ahead and extend him. And now you're you're going to be paying him, you know, $35 million or whatever it is for, for a long time for a guy who I agree, like I said, it, like it doesn't excite you. He gets the numbers and he's stuffing the stat sheet, but it's we're not convinced yet, but he's still so young. And I, and I think this is a year of like, if he shows you that he really is ready, that's why with the, along with the other guys that they're trying to develop, I think you use this year as a development year for the entirety of the organization. Who are you? Who are you with SGA? And is he the guy we want to build around and start making moves to try to do just that very that Shaw, exact same I, I thing? Sean, I, I got to tell you this, man. And I know this sounds kind of crazy. If if I was if I was Brad Stevens, um, if I was Danny Ainge or whatever, if you were gonna you were gonna sell me on the hope that you guys knew where you were doing, trying to figure out a way to put SGA on that roster with with Tatum and with Brown, that would have been telling me or selling me on the idea to be like, because I think that those three guys can get their numbers collectively, but still be that dynamic of a of a crew that they would completely wreck shop in the Eastern conference. Like I was expecting something like that, but I see again, the, the Presty plan. <laughs> it's, it, you know what I'm saying? My man will bluff you all the way to the very last hand. He is banking on that final card being flipped. It's going to give him that Royal flush or that straight flush. He's, you know what I'm saying? He's playing the numbers. And so this is exactly to your point. Joe. He's playing the numbers. Yeah. Last thing I'll say is like, I still don't think he'll be there to, to, to realize all these picks. At the end of the day, he said that he set the organization up great. And I think at some point he's probably going to move on from the situation. Like, cool. Y'all are good. You have 5,000 <laughs> draft picks over the next amount of years. I'm going somewhere else to maybe try to be, you know, a, a winning GM uh, on a team that's a little bit closer than OKC is right now. Man. Good, 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 good stuff. Whoo. I'm talking about, man. Forget United States Postal Service, man. You need to look at. Baseline postal service, baby, because our mail bag, bill, we bring it, we bring you bring you the correspondences. Lovely, lovely. Awesome show this week, fellas. Um, you know, what more can be said? So much is going on, leading us right up to NBA tip off October the nineteenth. How excited are you guys? Well, I can't be any more excited than I am, family, as I said in the outset of the show. Like it's just we are bubbling. 19 media is busting through the door. The Baseline and Bay podcast is just out here working with great sponsors and people who are backing us right now. Our listeners have been just amazing and interacting with us as well, too. JD coming here, bringing the heat. Cal, you coming here, doing everything that you do as an amazing host and providing that expert analysis. Like We are like truly, truly, truly in a great groove. I think this is going to be our best season yet. Not only that, make sure you tune into our Twitter spaces. For anybody that does the Twitter spaces deal, 19 Media Group Twitter spaces, October 18th. That's a Tuesday, 6 p.m. or excuse me, 9 p.m. Eastern. I don't want to. I don't want to exclude y'all and, and and always make it about the West. Uh, Correction, Jabari. Eastern. 18th is huh? a Monday. 18th is a Monday. Thank you kindly. I appreciate that. Even better, you know, it's, it's almost like I've I haven't done this before. Yeah. But you know, that's it, it's it's I'm I'm really excited about it. It's going to be hosted by our guys Snotty and JP. That's at Snotty Dripping and at J underscore P six one nine. But you know, some familiar faces, some nineteen, you know, all types of nineteen media love will be in that mix. Definitely, definitely. So you know, again, we like to thank you guys. We really appreciate y'all riding with us through the course of the NBA offseason. Obviously, all roads have led us to this October the 19th, the start of NBA season. But again, 
be sure to check out 19 media group check out your peoples from the baseline check out all of the different content heads that are going to be on board to get us prepared for the start of the nba season october the 18th on twitter spaces be sure to check out 19 media group for the baseline cal lee warren shaw jabari davis we appreciate you guys each and every single one of you enjoy nba tip-off and we will catch you guys next time